Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I could, you know, when you can see opportunities and you see, oh my gosh, if I go back, I'm going to miss something. And I said, I'm going to spend one more year studying. And I did an MA in international business. And from that point, I said, I'm going to stay. And um, what follows was actually was not as, as glamorous as people would think because I struggled to find a job because people would tell me, recruiters would tell me, oh my gosh, your accent is so strong. Nobody's going to recruit you. Okay, well, I kind of use, you know, reverse psychology very well. When somebody tells me I can't do something, that's kind of what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> And wow. I did some things, some door-to-door sales, which was really hard. Wow, the door, I think, you know, even if even what I'm hearing is environment matters. You found an environment where you saw that you could thrive and you found an environment where opportunity for you to be the best version of yourself, mm. you know, existed and you were attracted to that, even though it required you being uncomfortable sometimes and you just yeah. made sure you put yourself in that environment and then as soon as you graduated you're like no this is this is a place of possibility i'm going to make it happen somehow and then you said door-to-door sales definitely i've always seen i always perceived all oh, you know the feeling of fear as that disease that's going to consume you and if you let it consume you it actually prevents you from being who you really truly need to be so when, I've, when I'm talking, the first time I had to speak in front of the thousands of, thousands of people, you know, you, I could feel the fear and I embrace it and I transform that into energy. And I, and I really want to invite people, every time you feel that fear, that's where you're about to unleash your greatness. So really embrace it and transform it, transform it into your, advent, to your advantage. And you will see magic things happening. Even now you can see my language is not perfect, but it hasn't stopped me from becoming who I want to be, being, being able to be on stage and for, speak in front of people. I've embraced who I am and I said, you know what, what the hell? If that happens, then be it, you know? How you dare, how you dare. That was the voice of Flavilla, and I really enjoyed the conversation. It's keeping a theme with last week's episode with Howard Ross, which was unbiased, and we dive a little bit into what she calls neuromarketing, what she defines as neuromarketing. Neuromarketing is a concept that's been around for a while, but she likes to really talk about that and how it, it applies to us as uh, in the form of storytelling, but also in brand development. Her story is unique. She was someone who didn't know how to speak English before she came to uh, England, and then she really made a name for herself with her agency. So I think that this episode is one that will remind you the power of perseverance, but also the power of embracing your own uniqueness. You know, my mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. That's what I'm all about. So I hope you get inspired by this story and I hope you learn from her vision and her ability to create her success. 
Enjoy the episode. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of As Told by Nomads. And today's guest is Flavila Ponyang, who is an award-winning businesswoman and international speaker. She's also just launched a black woman in tech you know, organization in, in London and is a big, big tech advocate in the space. She was recently named the businesswoman of the year by Mercedes-Benz among women such as Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook. And she was also chosen by the BBC as one of their brand strategy experts and is a guest marketing and brand strategy lecturer at Goldsmiths University, where she mentors a lot of students and also makes sure that she uses her influence to ensure that women and people from diverse backgrounds understand that there is a path for them in the technology space. We're going to be talking a lot about her background. She was originally um, you know, from Paris, and then she moved to London. And despite her inability to speak English, she found a way to make her name for herself in a very, very English-dominated uh, market space. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, Tayo. I'm really, really pleased. And what a fabulous introduction. I could have not done it better than you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the pleasure is mine. I have to thank you and your publicist, Amb. For, for the bio, because all I was doing was reading. <laughs> but, <laughs> you can read very well. You can read very well. But, but passion comes from you. That's what makes a difference. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's, uh, no, it's, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure I thank all my English teachers. They, they make sure reading and comprehension was very important. So, uh, <laughs> but speaking of, of, of English, you said you had an interesting time uh, coming uh, to the competence of that language yourself. You were originally born in France. Yeah. What was life like in France, and why did you decide to move to London? Oh, my gosh. I can, when, I left, when I left Paris, I was 22 years old, and um, I think my perception of what I thought I could achieve was less, was lower than what I finally ended up achieving in London. And I think I always say it's very important who surround yourself and you, you know, in my mind, my expectation was that I probably I would be an assistant to a manager. I would have a job as a secretary or doing some admin. And then really the chance, you know, coming to London was completely act, a completely random act because I was, I was obsessed at, at school. I wanted to be the best. So I was already very competitive. <laughs> <laughs> um, the head teacher knew me very well. So I was, uh, head of my class and and I remember waiting for him to ask him to bring some changes into even university where I was out and um, and uh, there was this little piece of paper on the wall say do you want to go to London and only two people were allowed to go to London and I applied for it I remember I applied for it and the lady told me what do you want to do that your grades are re- in that in English are really bad he said that's exactly why I need to go that's exactly why you need to send me because I would take this as a challenge Never think that she would send me, you know, take me among the two students allowed to go and represent the university. And I did. And I did. And you know what? The funniest story, my mom didn't want me to go because she was really scared at that time when I left uh, Paris and moved to London. Girls were getting killed, <laughs> killed in parks. And I always yeah. laughed. Say, mom, have you ever seen me running in parks? Never. So, yes, yeah, so it was very, it was a, my perception of, again, my perception of diversity was not as obvious until I came to London and I started watching TV and, you know, I, people would know, if you English would know EastEnders. EastEnders is a famous uh, TV show. Yeah. There's all sorts, you know, you don't have to be a supermodel to be, on, to be an actor. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. 
so you had all these perceptions of of England and and London, and then you finally came here. You yeah. came to the Eng England, and what was it like to fit in and to to build an audience? Very easy because London is very you know it's a very cosmopolitan you know city where you you meet people from all over the place. So you know it's very actually quite rare to meet a Lond a proper Londoner. You know, it's it's mixed, it's real mixed Italian. So, you know, understanding different accents. I remember the Australian accent, the Scottish accent. It I felt like I was in my in a world that I really truly belonged, and people accepted me for who I was, and people were open to just um, learn a different culture and and and, and vice versa. It, it it was a beautiful melting pot, and it still is. You know, that's what makes London such a great city. I think. You know, it's interesting. I, that's not normally the experience I, I um, ask whenever I talk to people. Even if I even think back to my experience going into a new environment, despite the mm -hmm. fact that I spoke English, mine was different. I went to a French-speaking country for the first <laughs> first time, but I was always surrounded by English-speaking people, and I, I remember I used to feel um, intimidated. I even I even felt inferior a lot of times just because I, I didn't look or sound like a lot of the people around me. But yeah. you found comfort, uh, and you said it was. It was easy, and the fact that it was a melting pot played a role. So, it, could could it be that you, you just I I don't know that you just were in the right environment, or is it that you just knew how to develop social skills early on, and you just started um, implementing them once you got to to London? Because not speaking the the language is a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal, and I think it's I've always loved to to be uncomfortable. Sounds very weird, isn't it? Uh, and that's why I always teach, you know, when I do mentoring, get comfortable getting uncomfortable. Because yes. when you get out of your comfort zone, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. If I didn't leave, if I'd stay in the same place, I would have probably had to do this exactly the same thing, watch TV, do, have the same friends. No, that's, I mean, as much as I have some great friends that I've kept for years, I've loved the uncertainty and also the discovery of meeting somebody. I think that I'm a people person, I'm a social person, as much as I love being by myself. So I embrace being by myself as much as being with people. So I can be both. But for me, what I love the most is you never know how far somebody will enter your life and how far this relationship will go. Right. And that's why I've always loved that uncertainty and, and getting comfortable, not knowing how far this relationship will go and embracing something new and, you know, trying something new, new food and new people, new traveling and all sort of things. And I think it's it's part of my personality. I get bored. And that's why, you know, running an agency where, you know, I get to work in tech, it's it's always very surprising. Well, being comfortable uh, while you're uncomfortable is something that, that we always preach here. So I'm glad that you did that. Now, okay, walk me. Let's go back to the timeline. Now you you get to you get to London. Mm -hmm. uh, you start to learn English language. What what strategies are you implementing uh, to learn the language? How are you picking up the language so quickly? Well, I didn't have a choice because I came and I was studying at the same time. So I was doing a double degree, one a degree in um, communication and marketing, and another degree in law and economics. So I had no choice. So I had, to, I had to be in class and I had to learn. So quickly what I did is I did not stay with French people. I stay away from French people as much as possible. So because that's what people feel, they feel safe. So they will go people who sound like them so they can speak the same language. No, 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 no. I did it completely opposite. So I still had some French people, but I would not stay in that same environment. I would just mix with people. Then 
um, yeah, and I took the habit of constantly listening to the radio, watching TV, you know, with uh, subtitles and just constantly like feeding my brain. And the first time listening to the radio, I couldn't understand anything. I said, like, speak so fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's just going out and, and it, again, it comes back, it comes back to the fact that everybody came from different places around the world. So when everybody left, now friends everywhere, which is beautiful. And then after that, I had the choice of going back to Paris or, or staying in London. And I could not go back to Paris. I could see, you know, when you can see opportunities and you see, oh my gosh, if I go back, I'm going to miss something. And I said, I'm going to spend one more year studying. And I did an MA in international business. And from that point, I said, I'm going to stay. And um, what follows was actually was not as, as glamorous as people would think because I struggled to find a job because people would tell me, recruiters would tell me, oh my gosh, your accent is so strong. Nobody's going to recruit you. Okay, well, I kind of use, you know, reverse psychology very well. When somebody tells me I can't do something, that's kind of what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I did some things, some door-to-door sales, which was really hard. Well, the door, I think, you know, even if even what I'm hearing is environment matters. You found an environment where you saw that you could thrive and you found an environment where opportunity for you to be the best version of yourself mm. you know, existed and you were attracted to that, even though it required you being uncomfortable sometimes. And you just yeah. made sure you put yourself in that environment. And then as soon as you graduated, you're like, no, this is this is a place of possibility. I'm going to make it happen somehow. And then you said door-to-door sales. Definitely. I've always see, I always perceived or oh, you know, the feeling of fear as that disease that wants to consume you. And if you let it consume you, it actually prevents you from being who you really truly need to be. So when, I've, when I'm talking, the first time I had to speak in front of the thousands of, thousands of people, you know, you, I could feel the fear and I embrace it and I transform that into energy. And I, and I really want to invite people, every time you feel that fear, that's where you're about to unleash your greatness. So really embrace it and transform it, transform it into your, advent, to your advantage. And you will see matching things happening. Even now you can see my language is not perfect, but it hasn't stopped me from becoming who I want to be, being, being able to be on stage and speak in front of people. I have embraced who I am and I say, you know what, what the hell? If that happens, then be it, you know? Wow. Yeah. No, I love that. So embrace your fear. As you as you embraced your fear, what became your first job in England? How did you then get to the point where you have an amazing agency called Three Colors Rules? There, yeah. must, you know, there must have been a, a series of failures that led to that, but I'm yes. sure you, it was all because you embraced the fears that came with what happens when you pursue your dreams. Yes, yes, yes. So my first job, um, I did a bit of retail, and one of my um, one of the most difficult job I've done was <laughs> door-to-door sales. So I had to sell um, um, telephone contract, home telephone contract to people, you know, across London. So walking all day and knocking, in, you know, knocking at doors, and you don't know who you're going to meet. So imagine as scary it must be. Sometimes people were really nice, sometimes people were horrible. But also that's when I learned the power of body language because what you say is not obviously in podcast is different. Even when you when you speak in podcast, it still matters how you say it. It's right, more right. What you say. You know, and uh, I did that for two weeks and I got really tired and I, and I couldn't see really any progression. And and I applied for a role in, in a company specializing in oil and gas events. 
And they didn't take me at first, which was very interesting. And only a couple of months later, they called me back and they offered me a job and I turned it down. I think it was my ego at that point. (laughs) (laughs) No. So I went, I still went to, you know, um, you know, to the interview and they had to convince me to get the job, which was very interesting. I think at that point they needed a French speaking, um, French speaking uh, customer service, which I took the job. The reason why I took this job is because I was looking at the job as what was the opportunities available within the company and I could see them. So it only took me two years to become the head of that department. And obviously when the company grew, I grew with it. And because I'm a natural by nature, I love to change. For me, is I need to be you need to change and bring new things. I've implemented a lot of technology in terms of, I love the expression, be smart, lazy. If something can be done, why repeat the same thing? It can be done by a machine. Or what can we do if we can implement some automation? So I've implemented a lot of automation so we could focus on being much more, uh, you know, this, this team, the client service team was much more pro-sell or selling more upselling other than just admin and everything else. So we look at the clients and obviously the, the you know, he had an impact on the growth of the company. So I was really grateful for that. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so this job really allowed me as well to develop my own, my international career. So I worked in the Middle East, which was a completely different environment. You know, that's when again, you need to learn to adapt. You know what? And I always, people who travel a lot would say, we would say it's different. People are not used to travel, say it's, it's, it's weird. Because you think that you are the norm. But if you are used to travel, it says different from what I'm used to, you know. And the more I've traveled, the more I've learned to adapt myself to different culture and how people perceive me. You know, the fact that being black, where people don't are not used to seeing you in Middle East, trust me, it's an experience. If you ever if you've ever been to the Middle East, I don't know if you've not yet, been. not yet. That's one of the, <laughs> the places I want to go to. I've only been, you know, I've only been to Dubai and, and, and Doha, but in the airports. I haven't actually mm-hmm. gone out. Because I was, I used to live in Vietnam, so we'll stop at that. You used to live in Vietnam as well. I, I was in Vietnam in March, which I loved. Wow, wow, yeah, I, I was in Hanoi, but the the, the west Western Asia is somewhere I want to definitely go and and explore mm. more. I think there's there's a lot of culture that the world doesn't get to see, and there are a lot of misconceptions about the, the area. So yes. I like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree. And it was through this job that I was doing that again, I got bored. And I always, like you, I always understood the power of dressing up. You know, when you, you know, I'm, I'm the type of, I'm five foot three, so I'm very, I'm, I'm petite, so I love my heels. And I'm always in people say when you see Flavilla, she's in high heels. If you don't see in high heels, there's something wrong. <laughs> but I was used to. <laughs> I always used to power. I understood how you feel when you, you know, when you wear the, the right outfit. People see fashion as something very, um, very, um, what can I say, it's, you know, not as not as subjective, but something very, you know, that you don't need. Well, actually, I changed it. I actually showed to women how you could how you change your perspective and how people behave with you. Because at the end of the day, you know, people, you know, men are, are you know, visual creator, creator, if you can say that. And so is so is your next employer. So is your next next person you're going to meet. So if they see you, people make perception. We all make perception in whatever it is your brand, your personal brand or business brand. And I've kind of used that because I knew how how much. Um, of an impact it will, make on, it will make on other women and I decided to become a fashion stylist mm. and I self-trained myself I learned a lot of I, I, went, I bought different books and learned about the history of fashion 
And I became obsessed with colors. And that's when I understood how much power you can find in two colors. That's why three colors were. So three colors were was really a methodology in terms of if you can wear a nice combination of three colors, then you look amazing. You roll, you know. And that's basically how, how it was born. And as any business, well, at least my business, it was a hybrid evolution where I... I got tired to the point where I realized that I could never scale because obviously I'm exchanging time time against money. So I decided to transform my knowledge into a training because a lot of women were coming to me say, I want to do what you do. And I keep my eyes and my ears wide open when I, when I see things coming back to me. And I spent two years creating my courses. And, I, and then I trained now. I was able to reach women from around the world, like in the Middle East, in Asia, in South America, and all sorts of places who wanted to, you know, wanted to start a fashion career, either part-time or full-time. And, and all of them were going through, they were in, the, in their 30s, and they were going through this space where they were looking for change. And that's what we were able to embrace, which was really fantastic. And I was really pleased by that. And then that's really how then, you know, one thing led to another. I decided to then naturally, instead of focusing on people build, you know, develop, developing people personal brand, developing business as a brand. And I always like to use this example. You can be a coffee shop or you can be a Starbucks. What's the difference? Starbucks doesn't, doesn't focus on coffee. You know, people don't come to Starbucks for coffee. They come for something else. That's the power of the brand. They come for the experience, how they, want, how they feel. How does this brand align with who they are? You know, when you think about Starbucks, you can see people with their Mac, you can see people having meetings, or you can see people come, you know, people, people pay £12 or £3 for a coffee. It's not for the coffee. They come for how they want themselves to feel. And that's what a brand create. When you create a brand, you create an experience. And that's when really you have value. And that's when people, what you do become, becomes irrelevant. Is how you do it and the, and the reason you do it, the purpose. And I love talking about that, especially when I create brands. And that's how Free Colors All then became a creative agency. Mm, that's that's amazing. And so we've I love that because we talked about the importance of uh, self-awareness, first of all. You need to know who you are and, and what exactly you're interested in. And then changing your environment to make sure that you're surrounded by the right people and the right environment for success. Mm. But, you also did something that my best friend always says. You followed your curiosity. My best friend, uh, she, she, she's always traveling and she's an amazing educator and teaches all over the world. Uh, yeah. And she talks about the importance of following your curiosity because if you follow your curiosity, that leads you to your, your passions, your, your, your purpose. And mm. so as, as you did that, you just discovered your ability to, to, you know, to be creative. And then you launched this, or, uh, this, this organization three colors rules now, and your goal is to help ambitious people who love their businesses. Uh, and it, it's it's an interesting time that we're in now because I think a lot of people get into businesses without knowing who they are. And that, mm. becomes, that becomes a little bit of a problem. So I'm curious to hear how you've helped other businesses. Mm. I think for me, it was important to know why I, I was doing it. And I've always been very careful in terms of who I choose to work with. And I will, the first question I will ask them is, why are you doing what you're doing? If you're telling me you're doing it for the money, then I'm not interested. You know, For me, it's more in terms of I'm interested in the impact you want to make because for that, I'm part of that journey. 
Because when we understand that, that's that's really where the drive and the passion. And I always say the same thing: like when my my when my team comes to the office, they don't come to design a logo. They come because they're part of that bigger journey. And they and I go and tell them, you know, I, I tell them the journey, the story of what the client is trying to build, and you know, the, you know, the struggles they're going through, and how how they can also help somebody else. And I think that's very important that you get a sense of purpose. That's what gets you up every morning because being an entrepreneur is really hard, you know, Tayo. It's really hard. You have to wake up every day, you know. I love my five o'clock. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Morning, because that's when, you know, the phone doesn't ring. I can focus on myself the first two hours and really get my mind right. And, you know, I'm focused on gratitude and also focusing on gratitude and, you know, you know getting my mindset right. But again, it comes down to understanding what you do. And, and sometimes if you think about the money first, you will mentally be drained and, and that would not help. You lose your sense of purpose and then you start trying everything and you don't know which direction you need to take. And that's yeah. what I've seen so many times where I say, I just want to make money. Okay, so what do you want to make money? Just because I like money. And I've seen people <laughs> do actually, they, they, they don't progress. That's right. That's right. No, you're right. Uh, you have to know why you're doing what you want to do. And that has to be bigger than anything, because when those tough times come as an entrepreneur, as you alluded to, it is mm. a tough, 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 tough journey. Sometimes it can be a solo journey and sometimes you be you'll have to believe something and see something that others don't see. But if you, yeah. if you don't have that why that purpose to remind you of why you got started in the first place, mm. it, it becomes a problem because then you're easily swayed because someone can tell you, try this, try that, try that. And yes. you know, uh, then you lose, you lose the value the essence of what the company is. Absolutely. I was raised by a strong mother, mm. a family of five children. So she raised us, you know, to be independent because she had a first child when she was 16 years old and she didn't want us to make the same. She could have a mistake, but I think it was also a blessing that my sister was born but um she raised us to be you know street smart you know she people from cameroon i know people from cameroon they're, they're business people by nature <laughs> we uh, always have a second job that's, uh, that's hey. not, yeah so you're people, my neighbor <laughs> <laughs> you know? I'm, from, I'm from nigeria you're from cameroon okay whatever. there you go i've been to you know i've been to nigeria um with the oil and gas so i've been to nigeria a couple of times and i love uh, the passion i love the you know people that's what i love is people don't take themselves seriously when they do business 
And that's always a great journey. I always love, you know, doing business in Africa. And that's why I'm doing more stuff, you know, in, in different African countries. But yes, you know, I was raised by a strong mother who knew exactly the importance of not relying on other people and be strong, you know, and assume, you know, take responsibilities for who you are, take responsibility for your mistakes and embrace it. Move on fast, move on fast. Shout out to all the the strong moms out there. It's it's you know they don't get thanked enough. I mean, no, they don't. the <laughs> backbones of many 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 families, yeah, uh, no. especially yeah, especially in Africa. And I love that. Yeah. All right, so this is interesting because now that you 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 figured out your expertise, you know how to connect ambitious people to their their purpose. You have your your amazing amazing agency. You start to speak. You're going on stage. Yeah. And you're sharing your ideas, and people are naming you, you know, entrepreneur of the year. You're, you know, businesswoman and you're an international speaker. You're becoming this amazing brand strategist. You come up with this concept called neuromarketing. Mm-hmm. What is that? <laughs> I wouldn't claim myself as the, the the person who created the neuromarketing concept, but I've, I've only a few agencies used um, neuromarketing to develop brands and I actually like doing it. And I, neuromarketing is basically the science of human, of consumer behavior. So mm-hmm. what makes us buy something? And quite often we operate on autopilot. We don't realize that. And I, obviously we can't do a game now, but I always like to do a game with my audience where I can show you how much we are not in control of our own decision. And again, I, I'm, I'm actually writing a paper on, on DNA, which is another level above, you know, subconscious. But yes, basically, you know, it's it's a science of human decision using neurometrics, biometrics and psychometrics. So neurometrics, basically, you know, um, the electric reaction of the brain, biometrics, basically your, um, your fingerprints, uh, your, you know, eye recognition and psychometrics behavior, you know, what you've learned at school. And all of that really is understanding how do you engage with individuals. The way the way people operate, and we think that we are rational decision maker, but we are not. Most of the time, our, our brain is designed for us to be lazy. That's why it's hard to be an entrepreneur, <laughs> because you have to challenge your lazy brain, which is called the, you know, the lazy brain also called you know, the, the reptilian brain is your primitive brain. And this is a part of the brain that basically will control control your body, vital function, control whatever. You, if you're facing a, a, you know, a bear, do you run or do you stay or do you fight, flight or fight? I always like to give that example. And this is the most important. The, the brain is divided in three. So you have a reptilian brain. You have a limbic system control our emotion, how we feel, you know, behavior, emotions. And obviously the middle brain, which is the new brain, controls controls very, very much I am uh, emo- not emotion, but our imagination, you know, when we learn new skills, that's a part of the brain that we use. So neocortex, the new brain, limbic system, the emotional brain, and the reptilian brain, which is our primitive brain, which is our also, I would like to call it the lazy brain, because the lazy brain has actually the biggest impact on our process of decision. Because what I want, what this part of the brain wants us to stay is to stay alive. So we wanted to. Do, they want us to do the take the minimum risk as possible, and for that we need to make sure when we communicate and when we sell our products, we speak to the reptilian brain, and which is obviously the brain that trying to keep us alive. And the way we do it is very simple. I've explained it in six different stimuli. I would say stimuli or stimuli. Stimuli. So yeah. Stimuli. <laughs> yeah. Six stimuli. So the first one is basically diagnose the pain. So 
you need to understand, it's a bit like selling. When, when a salesman sells to you, he will try to really just go into your wounds. Why do you need me? What problem are you facing? Really, do you understand your, do you understand your, your prospect pain? If you look at most websites, people love to talk about themselves, which is probably the biggest mistake. They should, they should really talk to the audience. So use more of you than we. On your website, you should say more. You are looking for this. Are you targeting this issue? Are you having this problem? This is the first part that you need to do. When, after that, when you have done that part, you need to explain how, what's going to be the impact of having your product. So which means, what is the contrast? So for example, if you're selling, if you're selling, uh, if you're a divorce lawyer, you know, you can have, you can have an advertisement where you're on the plate number say, was his car, you know, so that could be quite a fun advertisement. It gets people's attention, like, oh, you must be a good divorce lawyer. So you really focus on what does it feel to work with you before and after. And then again, obviously, the element of tangible, so if this is where you use a visual, if you can, if, even if you have a service, what's the experience that it creates when you, you know, having you, how does it change you? For example, if you think about Uber, Uber is, which is a technology company, they focus on the experience of getting out of the car, you feel less stressed, you know exactly how much you're going to pay, you feel much relaxed. This is really what people want to gain, this is what people want to feel like, you know, it's very stressful. I don't know how it is in, in New York, but <laughs> in London, to get a car can be a nightmare. <laughs> it's the same thing, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so when Uber came around, you know, people were happy and, and they really knew exactly how to use growth hacking, which is another technique, but that's nothing to do with neural marketing. And then again, something the brain is very, um, we, you know, we can't, if you have this conversation, for example, it's impossible to remember everything. So you keep your most important information at the beginning. And the, the most information you repeat it again at the end, because that's how we, we remember. So if you're selling something, keep the most important information at the beginning and you repeat again at the end. And again, you know, an image, an image speaks a thousand words. So really use visual to express in terms of how people feel, because we, we, we live in a world of envy. We always want what we don't have. If I have straight hair, I want curly hair. If I have curly hair, I want straight hair. If you have a Porsche, you want a Volkswagen, I'm probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Lamborghini. <laughs> uh, <it's funny. laughs> okay, let's say Lamborghini. We always, we always want what we don't have. So again, you can play with one of the scene, which is uh, envy, and play with that. And again, emotion is the, obviously the last part of uh, of uh, the six stimuli that stimulate the reptilian brain. Is again something. How does it make people feel? Because when you think about if you think about all the brands, the largest brands in the world, they barely talk about their product. They really talk about the experience, the feeling, you know, everything's a feeling. You know, you choose somebody, or you choose somebody, whatever it is in the personal relationship or even in, in business, it's all about it's all about how you make people feel. So if you think, and I always like to compare, I always like to compare business to dating. It's, you know, business and dating, the only difference is no sex. Well, it's not supposed to have any sex in, in business. But yes, if you think it's the same process, you know, you wouldn't jump and ask somebody to buy your product. You would try to understand them. You get them to get to know you. You try to understand their pain, what issues that they have. You explain how your product is solving their, you know, the pains that they have. And then you present for examples of testimonials. For example, this is what you've done for some of your clients. You know, people want, people feel reassured if they know that somebody else has already used your product. You know, if you think about the success of Amazon, the first thing you do when you buy, you go some, you go look for a product on Amazon, you look for the reviews. 
you know, you look straight away, you scroll down to look at what people, what other people want to choose. So same thing, you use this element to emphasize that you are a safe bet and there's less minimum risk of choosing you. And again, same thing, you emphasize your most important information at the beginning, at the end, again, call to action. And then same thing, you use the visual to, you know, to really represent what it feels like to have to use your product or services. And it's very, very simple. And I would say if you can, you don't have to use all the stimuli, but if you can use as many as possible, it makes you very, very easy to purchase. If you look at, for example, Apple, the way they've done it, they really focus on what was the first issue of a laptop. It was heavy, you know, you want to carry one place to another, you know, you travel, oh my gosh, I'm going to carry this. So they focus on one single pane, which was the fact that it was a heavy piece of a heavy device. And again, all the communication was simple, you know, sleek, you know, the visual, you know, they didn't go into the details of all the functionalities of a product. You tend to discover them as you use as you use the product, which is beautiful as well because it gives you, you know, you lift, you know, you, you feel left with a beautiful surprise. But you know, we focus on one element because the brain is the brain it can't remember everything. So you have to keep your information as simple as possible. And that's why I've noticed quite often with technology brand is they try to focus so much on the details, the process. And people get lost. They don't understand what it's selling. And the same thing, that's how you lose investors. An investor that does, don't, doesn't understand doesn't buy. Simple yeah. as this. You know, that's that's really interesting because I, I do believe everything you said. And even yeah. running a diversity and inclusion firm, I come into this a lot, especially when we talk about unconscious bias and we talk about how a lot of what's happening in your with your decision making is, is a reflection of your environment and what you've been conditioned to believe. And mm-hmm. if you don't work on your programming or how you take information, your brain, like you said, is going to take all these shortcuts and just work with what it has. And so many times, if as we're talking about marketing, it sounds like you're saying a lot of times people are making decisions that they haven't really even reflected on enough to understand whether it connects with their why. And they are then making decisions based on those things. And absolutely. also, yeah, oh, sorry, go ahead. I know you're going to say something. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's true. Like if you, if you think simple things as color has a massive impact on your decision process. So I always say an example, if you were going to a club tomorrow and the security guard was wearing a pink outfit, you would not be intimidated, intimidated by him. Right. Simply. If you think about the color of fashion, every fashion brand, you know, use black because it's the color of fashion. So you have to understand your industry. I, I had an example of this um, entrepreneur who came to me, who, who approached our, our agency and said, well, I want you, I want to create, that was very interesting, say, I want to create a healthy kebab. Nobody thinks about healthy kebab, but why not? And uh, his colors, he chose like a very brownish green, you know, for a healthy organic kebab. It doesn't really reflect with what his product is about. He, he made his product look off and not good just because of the colors. How yeah. crazy is that? Just because of the colors. Yeah. And and marketing plays a big role in that because they also know how, you know, the world is conditioned. You know, red signals, signals strength, for example, mm-hmm. right? And, and when you, you do that, it's like, okay, that means that th- this is, you know, it, it's sexy, it's strong, it's appealing. And then if you have a color that's, that's we have conditioned as dull, then we are not as uh, conditioned to buy it. And it could be the same product in the same uh, and provide the same benefits. But if the outer appearance looks different from, uh, you know, from the stories that we've been told about whatever colors are, it could definitely play a whole different role mm-hmm. into that. 
So, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And Tiffany, I'll give you an example. I was in Mexico. My brother and I, we love to travel. We'd be crazy. So we go to the most adventurous place. Okay, Mexico, I wouldn't say that super adventurous, but yes. So, um, and we arrived in Cancun and like, okay, wow, where do we start? Where do we go? Islam or whatever. And there's this massive queue. I think, okay, what, what's going on? Why is everybody queuing? And about as we walk towards the queue and we look in front of the queue, what we see, it's all Americans queuing for Starbucks. Who so literally got smacked, thinking, you travel all this way to Mexico and you go to Starbucks. But yeah. it's the power of the brand, you know? They could get different coffee, but people feel safe in brands that they know. And that's a, that's why brand building a brand is so important because people don't like in general, you know, exception of us, don't like changes. They don't like to try new things. They people love to play safe. And again, it comes back to the reptilian brand. We feel safe in brands that we know when we face too many choices. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, so then, what's the big goal for you? What's the vision for you? You've had these, all these, uh, all these personal successes now, and. Yeah. And you just yeah you just recently launched a, a community of, of, yes. of people from diverse backgrounds into mm. especially in the tech space. So what's the vision? What do you want listeners and aspiring entrepreneurs to to know about themselves? Yeah, I think from from what I want people to know is is when you achieve success, it's important to you know to pave the way for other people. And um, I work in technology and. I've always used to being the only black person in a room, and I and I get to a point where I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, like, well, I'm the only one. I mean, I stand out because I'm always wearing colors again. So, and I also have a name. It's only one Flavilla in London, so I'm easy to be. You know, people remember me. But I want to change this, and I realize there's two there's two things to change. Not only the fact that you know the black community needs to also like me start to stop playing safe and get comfortable getting uncomfortable because a lot of them you know that's what happens most communities want to stay together and say oh no i'm not i would not feel i don't know how to react but you need to be in this position because the same people on the other side would not think that you would think that you cannot adapt yourself so the more you put yourself the more you see of if this is what i'll do with me creating the black woman in tech um you know, in London, and I did it with one of the, the founder of London Tech Week. London has been named the biggest tech uh, place around the world, which is amazing. You know, we're doing some great stuff. The biggest unicorns are here. Half of the unicorns are here. It's something. And I can't believe that there's no, there should be enough black people in the room that I am in. You know, there's no reason. I can't, I can't believe I'm the only one. So my job is nice to change, you know, to change the narrative. And I can't do it by just uh, being the only one in the room. And what I'm doing, part of this uh, tech space, is actually create a room where people get uncomfortable because I like that. So 50%, you know, black people, 50%, the other side, diversity, white, um, you know, Asian, all sort of things. So we can start conversation because it's only when you get people talking that they can understand each other. Because what we do quite often, we make assumptions, but also helping women to feel brave enough to, you know, to, to ask for their right to be here, for us for the right to take, if there's no chair, to take a chair, or even make their own chair and be at that table, you know? And because, you know, I, you know, I think people want, there's a lot of, a big, the big part of, of people want to, this to happen, but they don't see this happening. So I'm in a position where I can do that. Now it's my turn to open the doors, open the doors for other black women to do the same thing. 
I love it. That's a beautiful reason to do this. And just to make sure that many people know that, you know, people that look like you have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. We were talking about stories and how we've been conditioned. A lot of times the stories about people of color have been that they they don't have a space in the technology yeah. world or they should only, you know, be somewhere else and exist you know, in like uh, as angry, loud uh, yeah. <laughs> people, in, and and not not as smart. So I love that you change the narrative with that. That's that's very very important. Um, okay, so then with you with your network, your your network is mostly based in in England or Europe, or is it? Mm. My network is in Europe. Uh, um, also, I've, I've, I have a network in Africa, so I'm doing more. I've obviously before starting my agency, I had great contacts in Africa, so I'm developing that. I've been able yeah. to use my network. Good things, people move around, so you yeah. know, spread, which is quite good as well. So, so yes, across, to my advantage. Mm. No, that's good. So across those two continents, how can people reach out to you if they want to work with you? Oh, very easy. There's only one Flavilla in London or anywhere in the world. So if, it, <laughs> if you Google my name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> easy to be found. That's, thing. So that's why I have to be good at what I do because yeah, <laughs> otherwise, that, otherwise I would have to change name. Yeah. Um, uh, well, then what about your website though? Website, you can, yeah, so freecolorsworld.com. It's the best way. So free the number three and then colors, not in American with a U. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I should precise that. But even if you misspell it, it will come up on Google. So you can find you can find me, Flavella. I'm a, I'm an open book, so you can ask me a question. You know, I, I love to help. So if you have, somebody has any question or just wanna, you know, I'm 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 everywhere. I'm I'm open. I like to help. That's that's well, what. That that's awesome. I can definitely confirm that. Well, I, well, I have one final question for you. Okay. And it's my mission statement. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. So, mm -hmm. Flavilla. Yeah. How do you use your difference to make a difference? Uh, I thought I said it already. How do I use my effect to make a difference? Yeah, um, I, I, you've, you've, I'm sure you've probably said it throughout the conversation, but uh, in, a, in a short, concise manner, uh, how do you how do you use your difference to make a difference? By going to places where people don't expect me to be. Mm. Preach. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, I love this. I love this. Well, it's 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 been a real pleasure. I, I think it's it's always refreshing to hear fellow Africans and, and fellow Africans in diaspora who are paving the way for other people who look like them and also just changing the narratives. I think we, we, we are such a diverse world, but sometimes we're very, uh, you know, addicted to limited stories, you know, and, and it's time we expand the world as it should be. We have all the tools to do that. So you just achieving the, attaining the success you've had one, and also creating a platform for others to do the same is very, very important. So I want to thank you for for the work you've done. Oh, thank you so much. And I think it's important. I think as as you know, being black, you know, I, I don't know how it is to be American, but you know, sometimes what we're lacking is self worth. And that's why I really want to invite people to really spend some time looking back into your history. Because I found out when I was doing some research for another book that I'm a princess. <laughs> You are a princess. That's interesting. Well, your highness, um, I, I'm sorry that I've been referring to you, you know, without your title, princess. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, 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 please accept my apologies. It's okay. You can bow later. Uh, I'll bow later. I'll bow later. <laughs> but, but history is very important. You're right. History, we have to know where we came from. So that's, that's a very good point. Ah, Lavia, it's been yeah. a pleasure. It's been a real pleasure. Wow. I want to 
thank you for coming on the show. And um, ladies and gentlemen and gender nonconformers, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.